You're here to listen. I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, a God, Bible, and Church podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. I am delighted to have with me my special guest, Brother Jordan Wyatt. He is one of the co-hosts of the epic podcast, The Unyielding Truth, along with Jake Counts and Logan Cooper. This podcast is syndicated across podcast platforms. Pastor Jordan also serves as the youth pastor of Apostolic New Testament Church, Mount Vernon, Missouri. He's a teacher, a preacher, a worship leader, a singer, and an incredible, absolutely incredible guitar player. He's also a husband and a dad. Reference our episode notes for podcast information, social media, and web links. Brother Jordan, welcome to Spirit Signal. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Awesome. Podcasting is the future, my friend, and you and I are the future of it, right? Yes, sir. I, I believe that. Yeah. How long have you been listening to podcasts? Uh, I've been listening to podcasts for oh, about off and on for about two or three years. Um, whenever I mow, I like to uh, listen to podcasts. And my, my brother owns a mowing business, and every once in a while, I'll help him. You know, spend a Saturday all day mowing, and it's it's you know kind of like reading a book. When I listen to a podcast, I feel like it sharpens my mind. Yes, that's what podcasting is for. It's not for couch potatoes. People listen to it while they're doing something. And uh, I know Spirit Signal doesn't want to rob anybody of their productivity. Unyielding Truth doesn't want to rob anybody of their productivity. We want you to keep on moving all while getting sharpened up. But I'm like you, man. I listen to them while I mow my grass. I, I don't understand that, but there's just something about when you mow, it, it's not music time. It's get some information in your head time. So, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you even listen to radio anymore? No, I, I have Apple Music, you know, shout out to iPhone users, but I, the radio plays the same songs over and over again, and, and I'm all about music, but, you know, I, I can't listen to the same 10 songs for, for 15 years. I, I've got to have a variety in my life, so I think the radio is a thing of the past. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess every once in a while I'll listen to it in the car, but, I mean, podcasting, hours upon hours upon hours, there's just nothing like it. It is the future. And uh, I'm glad so many people are getting involved with it. It's, uh, you know, great information right there on demand, all while getting something done. So uh, the unyielding truth, you know, when I, I see that, I, I mean, that's Bible language. That's God language. And uh, I think the title of it speaks for itself. But can you share with me, is there a deeper meaning in unyielding truth. You know, when I think about it, I think of, you know, you're driving and you see a yield sign and you slow down. Uh, to me, uh, unyielding truth, there is no yield sign. You, ju you just go as fast as you want. Don't stop for nothing, right? That, that was the, the, the main concept behind the name is, you know, we want to be unapologetic about, about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because, uh, and it seems like in, in modern Christianity, there's a lot of people who, who are beating around the bush and, and, and they're not, there's not a lot of backbone left. And, and we wanted to be biblical and we wanted to be uh, correct, but at the same time, we want to be polite. And so, you know, like you said, we're unyielding, but at the same time, we, we, want, to, we want to not be rude. Absolutely. And, you know, the truth is good. I don't know anybody that likes to be lied to. You know, uh, I, guess, I guess in some situations where uh, a lie would hurt, maybe they don't want to hear it, you know, uh, but really people want to hear the truth. Nobody wants to be lied to because truth uh, hurts. But I think in context of what we're doing here, as far as the church, Christian podcasting, you're right. A lot of people, when it comes to the truth, they only speak truth. They think that they perceive to help people feel good. You know what I'm saying? It, is it true that God loves us? Yes. Well, that's all they want to talk about. But is it true also that God hates sin? <laughs> but, you know, that that's kind of uncomfortable, and they don't want to talk about that. But, uh, man, I, I feel like I'm loyal to the whole truth, the absolute truth, every truth that God has. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what what's kind of motivating you guys just to tell it how it is? What kind of – what? Well, 
we, uh, you know, we, we never really actually sat down and said, let's start a podcast. Well, I mean, that's kind of how it worked, but we, uh, we would stay up late working on music, Jake counts and myself, and we would do it over video call and we would send files back and forth and we would just talk about the Lord. And, uh, as we would do that, you know, late into the night, uh, the spirit of God would come. Mm. And, uh, we, we were like, you know, why don't we, uh, we have the, the tools. Why don't we, you know, share this? And, uh, really I, I would like to say that, you know, we had this amazing spiritual moment when we came up with the name of the unyielding truth, but the truth of the matter is, is uh, we, uh, we, we tried many different names and they were all taken. And so the unyielding truth, <laughs> the unyielding truth is something that we, we, that was not taken. And, and we felt it was, it, it was a really good name because we wanted to be unyielding when it came to God's truths. Amen. So you guys would jam and play music, man, I would love to be there and hear some of that. Mm. But, uh, so you guys would talk. And just in talking, God would move, right? Mm-hmm. He would over a video call. Okay. That's a theme that I've been pushing, and that is bringing God to your conversation. You know, because people think, well, the only place to talk about God is in the pulpit, you know, or in a awkward small group, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, at the altar. But I think God wants us to talk about him everywhere we go in the car and other places. And how how do you think this works? You know, we start talking and God gets interested in what we say. Is that what happens? You know, I, I, whenever we hear our name, we, I think we tune in to conversations, whether, you know, if, if I hear my name, my, my ears naturally keyed to what people are saying. Mm. Um, I think that's nature. I think that's a nature that God's given us. And I think when God hears his name, he starts paying attention. And because, uh, you know, uh, in the Bible, when Simon Peter was in jail and uh, one of the disciples had been killed, you know, the Bible says that the the church was together and that they were at, you know, a, they were at Mary's house and they were praying. And that's when God moved. And mm-hmm. it's it's when we get together and we start talking about the Lord and we start praying together outside the church building that, that revival begins to happen. And, and I really believe that we need to take the conversation about God outside the walls of the church and, and do it everywhere. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm with you on that. I have yet to meet somebody who refuses to even, who refuses to talk about God, even though they may not believe in him, it's still something that people will talk about. You know, not everybody wants to talk about politics. Some people just avoid it. Not everybody wants to talk about what they do for a living. Some people are, Ugh. but you know, you bring up God. And even if they want to talk about why there is no God, they'll still talk about God. And God is something that is easy to discuss. And we see a lot of this happening, even in disciple making. You know, people are getting away from the charts. They're getting away from like the books and the papers, and it has turned more into a conversation. And especially this year, it seems to be working. Um, I, you know, just have observed this generation, you know, youth hyphen, everybody likes to have fun, but it seems like a conversation is a lost art. People have difficulty talking to each other. Have you observed that too? Absolutely. I, you know, being in student ministry, I, I especially see it in, in, you know, the youth of today and my generation. And uh, I, I think most of that is contributed to our, our cell phones and our devices. I have kids that won't say, you know, I can't get them to, to, to say a whole sentence to me in my youth group, but they'll uh, video call me and talk to me and be my best friend. And, you know, they'll, they'll send me memes and it's a, uh, they're more comfortable in the digital realm than they are in the physical. Wow. Well, that's all right. You know, yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. works. Uh, we'll do what we can to reach them for Jesus. Absolutely. But uh, we we're trying to get a conversation happening again, not only with youth groups, uh, but as in families, you know, and church people, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, right now, depending on, you know, wherever you're at, as far as your church regulations, I know around here, we ask people don't arrive to church any more than 15 minutes before service and then make a hasty exit 
after dismissal, you know, hang out outside if you like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just the other night after Wednesday night service, <laughs> there was like uh, tons of people out in our church parking lot. I'm, I'm thinking, man, don't you all have school tomorrow? <laughs> don't you all have to work and the parking lot's full? Like I've never seen that. But uh, people mm-hmm. just uh, just love to talk to each other. And that's a good thing. And, you know, God is still moving in the in those things. And I know there's ministry happening. I see a lot of newer disciples, newer families, and that's just an amazing thing. Uh, yes. Yeah, a theme that I know you guys have discussed, and it's something that, you know, everybody's looking for, everybody wants to understand, but especially people that are leaving youth and becoming an adult, I guess, hyphen age, and that is God's will and God's time. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to say about it, but for you personally, and in some of the dialogue you guys have had on unyielding truth, how do you guys uh, determine the will of God? What are some of the main principles uh, that you have in determining the will of God? And mainly for like decisions, uh, where to go, what to do, things like that. Well, personally, you know, and, and we've talked about this, like you said, on unyielding truth. Um, the will of God in my life seems to happen when I'm living for God. Hmm. And, you know, that, that's, that's the a main contributing thing, I think, is sometimes people are searching for the will of God, and, and, but at the same time, they may not necessarily want to completely surrender and live for God. Um, and the will of God, you know, is revealed to me when I connect to God and when I connect to my church. And I, and I connect to my pastor and, and the voices of authority in my life. Shout out to um, Bishop Wyatt. Yes, phenomenal, phenomenal. I, I'm I'm very partial in my he's my my father, but a tremendous leader, tremendous pastor, tremendous man of God. Yes, and shout out. You already mentioned your brother, to Pastor Tony, who is also epic. Pastor Tony Wyatt. Yes. Yep. Yes, but you know. It, spiritual direction is a good way to find the will of God in your life. Mm. And uh, I, I've, you know, I, I've heard people say this, this saying, you know, when God closes the door, he will open a window. And uh, I'm going to tell you that, you know, if God closes a door in my life, there's a reason for it. That means it's not his will that that happens. And, uh, if I'm trying to crawl through a window, it's probably not God's will. It's, it's something that I want and something that I'm forcing. So prayer, living for God and, and, and listening to the voice of the man of God in my life is a good way for me to find out Amen. what's God's will. Amen. You read scriptures like in the book of Acts, it says the Holy Ghost hindered us from going there. Like the apostles wanted to go to certain nations, certain cities, but they say, plain as day, the Holy Ghost hindered us from going there. And, you know, the will of God can be very mysterious. And the will of God exists through open and closed doors and through opportunities. And it's up to us to be able to identify that. And I love what you said there. When I'm serving the Lord, when I'm walking with God, I'm in his will. You know, because when you love the Lord, serve the Lord, it's easy to be agreeable with God. It's very easy to, uh, you know, have peace with God in things you're doing yes. and things that's going on. So uh, it's difficult to find the will of God when you got sin in your life. It's difficult to find the will of God in your life when you're believing all kinds of false doctrine. It's amazing you see guys get into weird theology, you know, when uh, they, they start believing strange things, you know, something that I'm seeing that not a lot of people have, have gotten into, but this, uh, I call it the Yeshua House of Yahweh movement. They have, <laughs> they, they believe they're pretty much justified by the law of Moses. They have a little New Testament and a lot of Old Testament, and they've formulated this new doctrine. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure you see signs down there in Southwest Missouri, the Assembly of Yahweh or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've seen people dabble in it. Um, I, I and they get we, weird. People need to be careful. It gets when things get weird. Uh, it's a good sign. It's probably 
not of God. No, it's it's <laughs> not. And you know, I, hey, you you want to sit home, pull your blinds, don't turn on your toaster on on the Shabbat. There is nothing wrong with that, you know. But when they they start messing with the name of Jesus, you know, I've seen what the name of Jesus can do, and to say that it's yes. it's you know that's that's where we cross a line, and I've seen. You know, a lot of people really mess up their lives because they got into false doctrine. And it not only messes up their life, but the life of their kids, you know? Mm. Yeah, I call that strange fire. Oh. You know, you got to be careful when you play with strange fire. Oh. Dude. Man, I just got under conviction. Come on. Strange <laughs> fire. Can you expound on that Bible story, how it applies to this? In the Old Testament, God provided a fire that was was to light the instruments of the tabernacle. And only God would light that fire. And some of the priests took it upon themselves to bring a strange fire that they had made themselves into the temple. And, And God specifically instructed them not to do that. And when they did things their way and they brought it into, into the kingdom of God, God punished them gravely for it. Mm. Absolutely. So whenever God says, this is how I want it done, that's how you do it. No cutting corners. Don't do it. Another thing I see you guys uh, that you've talked about is uh, big wins and big failures. You know, that's, that's a part of life. And, you know, I, there's, everybody's different. Some people, they can only serve the Lord when things are going good. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people that can only serve the Lord when things are going bad. And, uh, you know, that kind of what I gather from you guys message and how I kind of, how I kind of lay it out there is serve the Lord, no matter what, yes. if things are good, dry, let it drive you to God. When things are bad, let it drive you to God. How do you kind of feel about it with wins and failures? I feel the same way, you know, uh, God's not a, a 911 call when things are going wrong. It's not an emergency hotline. God's God, no matter what. And, uh, we're called to serve him. You know, no one said just because you're a Christian that everything's going to go the way that you, you feel like it wants to, and life's going to be easy. Um, sometimes being a Christian brings on certain hardships, but you know, my, my level of commitment's not not measured about my mountain high top moments, you know, about the moments that are good. And it's, that's really measured by my faithfulness. God doesn't necessarily use the capable. He uses the faithful people. Mm. That's when I'm faithful in the good and when I'm faithful in the bad. Absolutely. Cause there's not a person out there that's listening to this that doesn't know something about pain. Mm-hmm. And there's not a person out there that doesn't know something about winning. And in this life, ever since we, uh, mankind ate the fruit, Adam and Eve, good and evil was introduced into the world, into, into our conscience, but also in the world. And we're having to exist uh, with it. And God never promised us that we wouldn't have hardships. Matter of fact, he said trials or an opportunity to test your faith, see if you can endure the temptation. You know, this year, I've seen it. People that have wanted to be spiritual, they've been spiritual. People that have wanted to be carnal, uh, they have been carnal. And, (laughs) you know, we were at ease for so long. And I said this to my wife back around the holidays last year. I said, or she looked at me and said, what's wrong? And I, I said, nothing. She goes, no, there's something wrong. What is it? And I said, that's just it. Nothing is wrong. That's why I'm worried. She said, what do you mean? I said, things are too good. That means something bad mm. has got to happen. And I just think that's the way God has structured this world to keep us in line with him. It's sending good and it's sending bad. It rains on the just and unjust, all of that. Yes. You know, and how else are you going to have a miracle without a problem, right? You yeah. Know? Um, you guys, uh, one thing I like about your podcast is you, you do talk about biblical things, theological things, but you guys have also talked about healing, you know, physical healing, inward healing. 
you know, all of that, the connection to faith, you know, and things like that. Um, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, with COVID-19, I feel like I don't even have authority over it. It's weird. You know, have you heard anybody yeah, uh, heard of healed of COVID-19? I have not. And uh, I actually, I've been keeping my ears kind of peeled to, to see if, if anybody has, but I have not personally heard of anyone being healed from COVID. Do you got an idea on that? I, uh, I don't know. You know, everybody has idea, ideals about COVID-19 and everybody thinks they're right. And the more I think about it, the more I realize I really don't know what's going on. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think that it's a natural thing. Mm. Uh, I don't think, you know, it, it's meant to be in the body, but I do know, you know, that it, it is a sickness and God's in control of everything. And uh, I, that the church will prevail. God's still in control. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never even really heard of anybody getting healed of the flu. Uh, actually, no, I have. I've, I've heard, I've heard of that. You know, I've, I've heard some, there's some stories in my family. Uh, yeah, I'm fifth generation Pentecost going back when, when a scarlet fever swept mm -hmm. the land, especially down in the South. Uh, kids were healed of that. But uh, COVID-19 is very unusual. And, you know, I was like a lot of us, we're coming against it fast and against it, commanding it to leave. And it's, it was just like nothing. Mm -hmm. And it almost felt like it, I didn't feel like I was fighting the devil. I know what the devil feels like, but I, I, I felt almost like I was fighting against God. I'm not saying God sent COVID-19. I, I doubt it that he walked into that lab and started smashing glass and, you know, <laughs> let the virus escape. But it's, it's a different deal. And the thing that I'm chalking it up to is when he said they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mm -hmm. You know, not healed, but recover. Recover from it. I believe, I believe everything that happens in the natural is oftentimes a reflection of what's happening in the supernatural as well. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I mean, there's been a lot of conflicts between, uh, well, definitely America, but even other nations in the world with China, you know, oh, yeah. and uh, this could be a f reflection of that. Now I, there's a lot of different opinions out there. Like you said, we don't want to get in trouble, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't think China released this on purpose, but I mean, there, there are a lot of people out there that have been banging the war drums with China. Yeah. And we know through prophecy, I, there's problems that come out of the East. Oh, there is. And I love my conspiracy theories. Oh, they're so easy to get caught up into and, mm. and you know, they're fun. All right. What, what, what one but, have you been uh, into lately? Oh man. Uh, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, this say. is a judgment-free zone around here, man. Yeah, that I, I really the nine eleven conspiracy theory is one that I've been I've been kind of reading on here lately. I'm not saying that you know, but it it, it is interesting. Uh, has some good points. Oh sure, you know there's there's a lot of that out there, and it is interesting to. Uh, to uh, think about, you know, and there's a, there was even conspiracies about uh, the George Floyd uh, situation. Oh, yeah. And, you know, looking at it from those certain angles. And the Bible doesn't forbid conspiracy theories. It does forbid unnecessary disputes, mm -hmm. you know, out there. And it does forbid lies. But, you know, it does say in the end of times that there would be flattering words spoken and yeah. great deceit. And, you know, you think about wars throughout history that were started, they usually started over something small, you know, things where tension would be building up and then something small happens and all of a sudden, boom, commotion, mm -hmm. you know, boom, war. I mean, you talk about nine 11, there, there was problems with Iraq, Afghanistan, all of that through the seventies, eighties. I mean, it was just building. Something was bound to happen. It was, and it was it was a horrible, horrible thing. 
and uh, many lives were lost. And yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. That's just the way of this world, you know, and that's just the current times and seasons that we're in. You know, if I understand, you know, my Bible, Bible prophecy, are things going to get better? Are they going to get worse? Definitely going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. They're, I've, I've heard people in the church say, I don't know if it can get any worse. And I was like, well, <laughs> it looks like it can. I, I, I mean, did you go hungry today? No, I didn't. I didn't go hungry today. No. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gone hungry, you know, this year. Uh, I, I haven't gone hungry by, by, you know, by force. It's, it's been by choice if I have. Yeah. Oh, I know good and well you're about to go hit up the dollar menu at Taco Bell after this. <laughs> um, probably. Very true. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. This chalupas, man. I know you, I know you know about those. Oh, but, yes. uh, you know, we had a missionary with us last week. Missionary Chris Gibbs to Malawi. Phenomenal missionary. And, you know, he has seen some stuff in Malawi. He has seen some stuff in Africa. And he said, you know, when he hears American, and he's American, he said, when I hear Americans talking about how bad things are, he just kind of grins and smiles like, man, you don't know how good you have it. Everybody's cool. We're very privileged. Yeah. You know, we're cooped up in our nice houses. We're still having church. You know, there's still... uh, supplies you know there's still all the stuff <laughs> you know we're flipping out because there was no toilet paper and no beef for a while <laughs> you know and you know i make a jo- i've made jokes about it you know in revelation you know the 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 uh crops are harmed the wind is harmed the water's harmed the sun is scor- scorching you know you know, all those bad things happen. That's how I know we're not in the tribulation because there's nothing in there about toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The toilet paper thing was crazy. It was like, do you really need that much toilet paper? Dude. Dude. I I, I remember when, uh, all of it first happened and I mean, there was just like a panic and my wife texted me a store list and she said, I'm here with the kids. You go to the store and get stuff. And I remember looking on there thinking toilet paper, you know, I I don't understand it. You know, why is there going to be a run on toilet paper? That's what she said in the text. There is going to be a run on toilet paper. Get, get a little extra. Mm -hmm. So I go to the store and I walk in and I mean, there's all these middle-aged women just like cart after cart after cart coming by me with toilet paper. Like I, I don't get it full of toilet paper, buying it all up. And I'm like, I, I don't understand this. Like, are they afraid they're going to get diarrhea? I, I don't, I didn't understand that. A man, you know, <laughs> it, it was weird. And I, I had a lady physically attack me oh. over uh, uh, the last deal of toilet paper. Uh, she, she hit me with her cart. Uh, I'm at a loss for words here. Yeah, it, it was, it, I was, I was shocked. The only time I've ever had a lady attack me in public was at one of the buffets here in Kansas City. And I I was going up for some fried chicken, and, I mean, she shoved me out of the way to get the rest of it on her plate. I mean, shoved me. It wasn't like she tripped and bumped into me. I mean, like, checked me, like, at a hockey game. Man. So I, she must have, it must have been good fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I wanted to say to this lady, I didn't, but I wanted to say, ma'am, this buffet is going to be here all day. No need, no need for, for aggression here. But you know, uh, that's what it, you know what, man, people are, are becoming that way. I mean, they already have been. I mean, you got major cities that pretty much everybody is already hostile. But even in places like where you and I live, People are getting aggressive and mm. there's not respect and there's not patience anymore because of panic. Yes. Because of fear. And the Lord told us these things would happen. Yes. Uh, but Jesus also said, don't you worry about that. You look up because your redemption's drawn nigh. Yes. Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. And that's what, that's what all of this should be pointing us towards. The hurricanes, that's seas and sea and waves roaring. That's what Jesus said would happen. Pestilence. Mm. 
you know, all of that stuff. It, is there anything else going on in the world right now in the times and seasons we're in that you just think like, whoa, God's coming back? What do you see? You know, there's a bunch of fires. I, I know, you know, that mm. Ginger Reveal party started a fire, but, you know, uh, wait, 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 fires. wait, wait what? Who, who started the fire? A Ginger Reveal party started a fire. I didn't know about this. Yeah, they, they, they used some sort of explosives in California and, and it, uh, you know, to explode pink or blue. I'm not sure of all the details, but it literally started a fire and, and it became a massive problem in California. It was pretty recent. Well, I knew they had fires. I didn't realize it was a gender reveal deal. Uh, I mean, that's horrible, horrific. But I, I got to say, I'm glad they're, they're at least doing gender reveal parties out there. You know, a yeah. lot of <laughs> a lot of them, there is no gender, right? So yeah, I, kudos for them for for recognizing. Yeah, but that just goes to show accidents can happen. You know, absolutely. Uh, with uh, stuff like that, I remember when I was about twelve years old. It was around Christmas time. Uh, a lot of our relatives were over at our house the night before, and we had pizza. And I mean, there was like fifteen pizza boxes a- after we got done. And the next morning I woke up and all the family went shopping and it was my chore. My job growing up was to take out the trash. And my mom said, just throw out these pizza boxes, take them out to the trash. Well, everybody leaves. And I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. There was a uh, fire at that. The house we lived in had two fireplaces, one on the main level and one in, one in the basement. And the one in the basement, the fire was still kind of going. And I don't know what, got into me to want to do this, but I stuck all those pizza boxes in that fireplace, just crammed them in there. (laughs) Oh no. And when I say it went up in flames, I mean, it went up in flames. Flames were shooting out of that fireplace, like even up to the ceiling. I I couldn't believe it. So I ran and, and and got, got uh, some towels, got them wet and tried to smother that fire the best I can. Thankfully it burned out and I don't know how, but there was no damage. Like the ceiling wow. didn't have a in any fire uh, spots. None of that. It was a brick fireplace. Uh, none of none of the uh, like nice things on top of the fireplace. No pictures or anything got burned. I don't understand. It's by the grace of God. <laughs> yeah, a, a fire wow. can get away from you. Yes, it can. You know, and, uh, and there's a reason why the Holy Ghost is likened to fire. Yes, no, it's of- contagious. Yeah, because once you get it, people get around you. They feel it, sense it. Have you ever, uh, have you ever, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, as a minister, you know, there's been times that I've been at church and I, I've I've been struggling, you know, and it's I, I, me being there and being joyful is a sacrifice. You know, the psalmist David talked about a sacrifice of joy. Right. Um. And and you have you ever been at that point and you were ministering to someone maybe in prayer, and uh, you, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost and, and you know you kind of got a refreshing spirit from that. Has it ever happened to you? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, it is very refreshing. Uh, the just the spirit of peace washes all over me. Mm-hmm. This this year, you know, with no you know, no uh, contact, having to keep social distancing. We all panicked. How are we going to lay hands on people? And uh, on Pentecost Sunday, we had people come forward to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that Peter, his shadow, when people got into it, they were healed. And I said, I'm going to do that for the Holy Ghost. And I laid my shadow on seekers. All of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I can do it. Then you can do it now. Yeah, and just uh, you know, man, I love I've loved this ever since I was a kid. I love to hear people talk in tongues, like the real stuff, not the not the weird stuff, the real yeah. stuff. Uh, it's a beautiful sound to me to hear the church do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a beautiful thing. You know, it's it's hard to describe. The only way I can describe it is, you know, you're you're out on the lake on the water. It, it is just a peaceful, beautiful sound. You know, to hear that it, it's not a sound of this earth. You know, it's yeah. it's it's definitely a heavenly experience, and that that's really what I think we're feeling. We're feeling what heaven is, the, pe- yes. the the peace that is in heaven. That's 
That's really what we're feeling uh, in those moments uh, when the when the Holy Ghost is being poured out, with obviously this the initial sign of speaking in other tongues, and then the miracles and other things like that that follow. Yeah, those fires are are very serious. Uh, around here, people seem to be okay. But uh, definitely in the beginning of this, man, there was fear and panic. But uh, I, I see a lot of people very depressed. You know, it just in the church, you know, and mm-hmm. on public. What, do you, what are you seeing? How, how are people's moods during this climate, this oh. time and season? People are, from what I'm seeing, people are still very afraid. People are unsure. And, uh, you know, um, I think a lot of times uh, our emotional and our mental health is a reflection of our spiritual health. And COVID-19, is, it's, it's been rough, you know, uh, not being able to congregate together on the church. It, it, it makes it hard, mm. you know. Paul said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. You know, I I told the youth group tonight, I'm like, I'm going to translate that to the most simple terms I can. It it says, don't miss church, you know? And it's people, when we're, when we're afraid and and when we're, we're unsure, we, we become emotionally distraught. And I really think it messes with our spirit. And we really have to seek after the, the will of the Lord and we have to seek after him in worship and in, and in prayer because, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and the power and of a sound mind. And I think that, you know, that's just been my prayer through all this, Lord, you know, keep, keep my thoughts and keep my mind sound. And that way I can receive a direction from you because I, I, I want my, I want my emotions and I want my, my attitude to be in check with the spirit of God. Yes. The more you miss church, the less you miss church, mm-hmm. you know, building those bad habits are not good. No. And you got to be there when the church doors are open or if they're not open, if you got something online, you know, be there, soak it yes. up, watch it. And that's one of the great temptations of the last days to forsake the assembling of ourselves as the day draws, draws near, it says, mm-hmm. you know, people giving up on being together and just like an ostrich, bury your head in the ground, you know, and, and get, and go back to sin. You can't be doing that. You know, Luke 21, Jesus said, don't be caught up with carousing and drunkenness, the cares of this life. Keep your head up. That's where your redemption comes. When you see these evil signs happening, it's a sign to you that the kingdom of God is approaching. Amen. Um, how long have you been youth pastoring? Uh, I've been the lead student pastor uh, a year uh, this past July. Um, I've been involved in student ministry for six years. Awesome. What would you say to the student out there right now that their mom and dad, their siblings, their whole world around them is not really on fire for God. How would you uh, say to the person right now that feels alone in their walk with God right now? What's something you did, uh, just some advice on staying encouraged you'd have for them? You know, uh, I would say just because, you know, your parents or a sibling's not the spiritual leader in, in your home doesn't mean you can't be. And, you know, just, just to, to keep the faith and keep fighting the good fight. And most of all, you know, connect, connect to your youth pastor, connect to your pastor, connect to your church, and connect to someone who can, who can help lead you to Jesus Christ. Uh, we have. I've seen so many students over the years, you know, who, who come faithfully and, and their parents don't want to have anything to do with the church. And I've seen God use those students because God honors their faith and he honors their loyalty. And it, it just to be a beacon to your family of, 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 you know, of hope and, and try to share truth and always walk in truth. Amen. That's great advice. When COVID-19 hit, 
a lot of people thought it was the end of the world. I, I thought it was the end of the world. I literally did. I, I thought this is this is this is our extinction. You know, just the way they made it sound. But we found out that was a little overplayed. But there was a lot of people that thought, well, if it's the end of the world, I need to go out and uh, get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. <laughs> and that's how I knew uh, a lot of the uh, COVID-19 was going to begin to drop. And it did. Because uh, a lot of those uh, COVID-19 romances, they all ended, <laughs> you know, like two months into that. But uh, how, how did you and uh, Sister W meet? What is kind of your dating, oh, engagement, marriage story? That's a funny story. <laughs> um, you know, we grew up going to the same camps, same conventions, ah. you know, Missouri district. And uh, I saw her, but she never really saw me. And uh, I, I, I seen her one year at youth camp and, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, that's your wife. Whoa. And, uh, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, eh, cool. Like, you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't realize what it was at the moment. Like I thought it was just a thought in my head. And, um, years later, I'm, I randomly messaged her on Facebook and I was up there for youth convention and we went and grabbed a bite to eat. And, uh, I fell in love. I, I was stricken mm. and we, we were dating very soon after that. And, uh, we were engaged six months after that. And then we got married six months later. But yeah. God literally told me that that is your wife. Mm. Mm. Describe for me how, how that was, was it an audible voice that you could hear like with your physical ears? No, it was just a thought in my mind. There like, you, you go. Know, in my own voice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but it was a thought that didn't come from you. It no. came from it came from like nowhere. Yeah, it just popped in there like straight yeah. from God. That's how God talks to me. It's like right now, if you if you were to say uh, your name in your head, like I can hear my name in my head, like I can have an audible thought in my head. That's what the audible voice of God sounds like. It's like audible thought to me. Yeah. And uh, it's happened many times. And I, I tell you, if you can learn to figure out when that is God, that can really, really help uh, direct your life. That is something the Lord spoke to you about that. Yes. I mean, you read in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, the first story is Joseph, who is unsure about a girl, but God appears to him in a dream and says, uh, that's your wife. Mm -hmm. You know, but then you got uh, weirdos out there who try to manipulate a girl's emotions by talking about the will of God and dreams and prophet, <laughs> all of that, you know. Uh, I told me to tell you. <laughs> sure. But that's where we come in to, you know, talk about the will of God. I think the will of God is clear, obvious, and peaceable in all things. You know, and if a guy you know, still dabbles and has a meth addiction and he's been married 16 times and he's trying to marry the sweetest, cutest, most uh, apostolic prized girl in the church based upon something he, he uh, felt while on the toilet the night before. I'm sorry, man. I can't see God in that. <laughs> right. <Wow. laughs> I agree. So, and that's where pastors come in and parents and all that find agreeable things. But yeah, guys, the Lord will talk to you about, about that girl. If you're, if you're walking with God, they sure will. And what better place to find her than at a district youth convention? You know, what better yes. place to find her, you know, at that. And uh, so, yeah, some people, you know, or find them, you know, uh, surf, surfing social media. But I just like good old-fashioned come together. As, see, that's why we can't be forsaking our gathering together. How are you going to get married if you're, not, if, you're not, if you're not gathering together? All of those things like that. Uh, are you still leading worship in your local church? 
I, I'm not the worship leader per se. Uh, I do I do get up and, and lead worship every once in a while. Um, but I, I, I do do that every once in a while, yes. Mm-hmm. Worship service is a powerful experience. And I think uh, worship, you know, obviously it's meant to uplift God, but it's also meant to uplift the hearts and the spirits of the people. Mm. And anytime I listen to you play and sing, uh, listeners, you got to search the episode notes. Click on that YouTube link. Uh, Jordan Wyatt has got some great stuff right there. And uh, anytime I listen to you players in sync, man, I feel uplifted. And I know that's not what you're doing, but I just, it's, it's like when you uplift the Lord, it's like we're uplifted with him. It's, it's like um, so beneficial to the human spirit. Yes. You know, whenever you worship the Lord, it's like I'm doing what I always was meant to do. You know, that song, that, that acoustic cover you did, I, I Need a Savior. I, I mean, I, I was listening to that earlier today, and I, I just, I just started tearing up, and the presence of God came came into my room. Um, why do you think we feel uplifted when we truly worship? I think that when, when like you know, I've that old saying: when the praises come up, the glory comes down. And when we up, when we uplift the name of Jesus, and we when we praise Him sincerely. God pours out his, his spirit, his blessings. And, you know, my prayer life is, is, is through song. I, I, I sing songs in my prayers. And when I preach, a lot of times I'll sing before I, I preach because it's just, it, there's something about a song that connects our hearts to the spirit of God. Yes. And I, you know, music, I, Court Chavis said this, he, he said, you know, music is one of the very few things we have here on earth that wasn't created here on earth. It was created in heaven. Hmm. And it's just, music is so impactful. And you know, Austin Smith, shout out to him. Oh yeah. Uh, a good buddy of mine, amazing guitar player. Yeah, he is. Um, he, he said this one time at a music conference we were playing at, and I don't know if he copied this from someone that he heard it from, but this is where I, I heard it from Austin say, he said, <laughs> he said uh, you know, preaching's kind of like open heart surgery and the music's the anesthesia. Whoa. Yeah, it really stuck with me when he said that. Can you repeat that? He said, uh, music, no, preaching is open heart surgery and the music is the anesthesia. Man. And there's just something powerful about lifting up. Yeah, it is. Lifting up the name of Jesus. We're just going to go ahead and assume that Austin got that revelation all on his own. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Man, that is good. So, so you like to play and sing and worship when you pray on your own? I do. I do. I, I do when I study. If I'm if I'm preparing for a message, I'll, I'll grab a, my my guitar or I'll grab a little keyboard mm. and I'll sing praises to God, and it just it it prepares my heart to receive a word from mm. Him. We've been talking about spiritual warfare on Spirit Signal, and one of the passages that I teach from about spiritual warfare is in the old testament there's not a lot of spiritual warfare per se in the old testament it's it's different in the old testament than it is in the new testament but it's there but it's when a distressing spirit was upon saul and david would play for him and the spirit would depart what is it about music that drives the devil out the devil is probably one of the greatest musicians to ever live. What? The Lord made Whoa. the devil is an amazing, amazing musician. That's his thing. Man. And I think I you know, we know that he was Lucifer and the Bible says, you know, that he had pipes and, and organs and, right, yeah. and things on him. And I think when he hears us lift up the name of Jesus and glorify him, I think he's reminded of what he used to do and where he was at. And I think he's reminded of his defeat. Mm. Have yeah. Have you uh, you know every church service has its own unique 
I guess, kind of feeling, you know, even though, though we do the same thing over and over again, you know, people come in, the ushers say hello. They open the doors for them. They sit down. Somebody welcomes everybody. You sing. You have offering. You have announcements. You have choir. You have preaching. You have altar call. You go to the buffet or wherever. You know, you do the same thing over and over. But every service has its own kind of uh, like moments uh, that are highlighted, special, whatever. I'll tell you this, man. I've been in a lot of services. Everybody comes in and it just feels the only word, the word we use is dead, but you get music going. It changes the atmosphere, not just the people, but like the atmosphere. We're Pentecostal people. We're spiritual people. And uh, singing was meant to, I think, entertain the spirit world. God, angels, all of that. There's spiritual stuff that happens. And I tell you what, man, have you, have you ever seen something happen in the Holy Ghost? Like a major shift in the spirit world during worship service? Like somebody oh, healed, yeah. delivered, just boom, something happened. Have you ever seen that? I've seen it. Yeah. Tell us about something. Oh, uh, I was playing at a conference one time. And, and we were playing and, uh, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, you know, we, we weren't doing anything crazy. People weren't jumping, but there was, uh, there was, you know, the, the, there was a lady down there doing sign language, you know, the interpreter mm. and there was people sitting there and I was watching and uh, out of the corner of my eye, I seen this girl's expression. I see on her face light up. And I looked at her and all of a sudden the tears began to flow down her face and she fell on the ground and she was, she, she was, she was ecstatic. And I, you know, at first I was like, Oh, you know, she, she must've felt the presence of God, but the Lord had healed her hearing Whoa. while she was worshiping while the music was playing. The Lord had restored her hearing at that conference. Wow. She was completely deaf. And the first thing she ever heard was worship unto God. I just got chill bumps, man. That's something. No, and no preaching. Nobody laid hands on her. No, she was just sitting there watching the interpreter. I'm sure she was worshiping. You know, I'm sure she was. You know, as as the, as they were signing. But yeah, it was man. it was an amazing experience. Wow. Well, the presence of the Lord was entertained at that moment. And God just did what he started to do, just worship. Yes. Uh, do you know who C.P. Thomas is from India? Heard that name? Uh, I, I have not. He's something. And uh, he tells a story. And one day he got a knock on his door. He opened the door and it was a family. This mother and father had brought their daughter to him. And she was dead. And they said, and these are Hindu people. They said, we heard your God can raise the dead. Would you please raise our daughter from the dead? And, you know, <laughs> in a, that moment, that'll catch you off guard. And it's in those moments that you better be prayed up, right? Brother Thomas <laughs> walks with God. And he said, bring the lady, bring the lady on in. And he looked at this dead woman and he didn't know what to do. You know what he did? He just started to worship. He started to sing. He just started to praise God. That's all he did. Praised God. He didn't grab her by the hand and say, arise and walk. There are instances where people have done that. You know, miracles happen in different ways, in different places, and in different manners. And Brother Thomas, all he did in that moment was worship. And after a few minutes of worship, all of a sudden that girl's toes started moving, her fingers started moving, her eyes started blinking, and she was raised from the dead. Just through worship. Wow. And it wasn't even in church. It was in a house. And uh, it's amazing when you will glorify the Lord and praise the Lord, stuff just starts happening. Yes. You know, a lot of people, yes. you know, I get a lot of questions on how do I pray? You know what? 
Why don't you learn how to worship? Why don't you learn how to worship the Lord? And uh, we got to be worshiping every moment in our prayer. And that's when stuff will start coming to pass. Uh, yes. What what uh, what guitar are you playing lately? What's your what what guitar are you playing lately? Your favorite, I guess. Uh, I've got a. It's a, it's a special edition. It's a it's a reissued 1954 uh, Aztec Gold Fender Stratocaster. Oh man! And it's a uh, it's it's been my uh, my main guitar for about two years now. My uh, my wife saw me playing it at a store, and uh, I guess you could tell that I I just absolutely loved it. And she uh, put it on layaway, and she got it for my birthday. And uh, I've, I've loved that guitar ever since I I seen it. You know, I'm a big Lincoln Brewster fan. Yeah. And he plays an Aztec Gold Strat, and so it's just cool that that I have one that's uh, very similar to the ones that he plays. See, women, you got to buy your man that special guitar. Yep, that's that that's the way to your husband's heart, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But uh. The Strat has a punchier sound than a Telecaster, and you you play Telecasters, right? Yeah, yeah, I I, I have a, a Tele. I I do play it every once in a while. It seemed like about ten years ago, everybody was playing those Telecasters, but now uh, the Stratocasters come back. Like uh, uh, tonight, by the way, everybody, we're, we're recording uh, after midweek service. Uh. I walked up on the platform before service and saw two of our guitar players and I looked down and one of them was Austin Smith and, and the other guy was Adam Lampley. Both of them had Stratocasters <laughs> and I'm like, man, we're, we're going to rock tonight. And we did Holy ghost moved. Yeah. That is a great punchy sound. A very, very punchy sound. That's the only way I know how to describe it. Uh, Super versatile guitar. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, music changes and it's supposed to, God says, sing a new song. You know, that's what the song says. Sing it, sing a new song. <laughs> uh, but kind of when I was growing up, it, it had more music was more like across the board, you know, in churches commit, it was more a piano driven music, but it seems like, I don't know, about 15 years ago, it became guitar driven music and it is stuck. Music is still mm. guitar-driven. A lot of songs are in E, A, D. You know, uh, guitar-friendly chords. Yeah, very guitar-friendly chords. And and I, for one, really like it. Uh, there's something special about those stringed instruments. You know, and those strings. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can get really theological here. We might have to ask Brother Chavis here, but. Did, did Satan have strings in him or was it pipes? <laughs> I, I read pipes. Yeah. Uh, and I, Okay. So strings make a noise he can't. Mm, and but, yeah. And I'm going to share. And, and David played a stringed instrument. That's right. He played the harp. And I'm going to share a story right now that I have never shared publicly. That's one of the reasons spirit signal exists. It was an opportunity for me to share things that the Lord had given to me that I'll probably never bring to the pulpit. Early in the morning, in uh, several years ago, I was in the church praying, and I heard the sound of a harp. The sound of a harp. There was no music on, nothing. It was just me and some other guys for early morning prayer in the sanctuary, and I could hear the sound of a harp coming up from above my head, like up in the ceiling. And I opened my eyes and looked up, nothing there. Nobody was around me. And I said, God, what does that mean? And the Lord said, the angels are welcoming my glory into the prayer meeting today. Like In that, that audible thought we were talking about, that's what they spoke. They were welcoming my glory, like welcoming my presence. It was like an introduction you know, to the presence of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah. And I, and I've talked to other people about it and other people have heard that it's, it's, it's a harp sound. So, uh, 
you know, like there, there is a music in heaven. And I think a lot of the things we do in worship service all comes from heaven. Yes. You know, so, uh, you know, we serve an amazing God and uh, he is truth. And the Lord wants us to know him and he wants us to uh, experience him in uh, these deep and profound ways. And uh, I just uh, thank God for what you are doing through uh, Unyielding Truth, youth pastoring, and uh, your example uh, in your marriage and being a dad and the worship singing guitar playing, Brother Jordan. I really, really appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate you, Brother Justin. Yeah. Man, we're going to have to get some tacos sometime, dude. Let's do it. Awesome. All right, there you have it. The one and only, the epic Jordan Wyatt. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the links we put in the episode notes. It'll be a blessing to you. We love all of you. God bless.